Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, club hockey fans especially, anywhere that you may be joining us early tonight uh, for another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints, the home of the ACHA National Tournament D1 style. Scott Strandy, not from Scottsdale, Arizona today. Um I'm in the car again, Stephen Marsh. I am parked outside Bell Arena here in beautiful Denver, uh, Colorado. It is day four of my Colorado week, as I like to call it. I had hoped that we were going to have some more Colorado people on, but uh, first time in, it takes a little while to get accustomed, although I will say I have been treated very, very well uh, by everywhere I've been, and I'll give you a rundown of that on the show as we go on. Uh, Stephen Marsh, Las Vegas, Nevada, how are you? I'm well. I'm not with you there in Colorado, but I'm with you there in spirit. Instead, I'm here in windy Las Vegas where the winds are howling outside, and it's in the 50s today. After a couple of days ago, we were in the 70s. But I'm sure you being in Colorado, it's probably even a little bit cooler than that there. But uh, this is great, a great ending to Colorado week uh, as you were making your way around the different hockey arenas because you've got that and you've got other stuff going on later on this month and and uh, it's just a great time to be following hockey. And, and even though there's club hockey going on a little bit, not necessarily the teams we participate that we follow closely, but uh, we know that we're getting close to some really good hockey tournaments. Absolutely correct. Okay, let me give you a little rundown and the listeners uh, a little rundown of what's been going on. Um, I'll start from the beginning, Stephen. How does that sound? <laughs> sure, go right ahead. Spare us, spare so, us, no, don't spare us any details. <laughs> so at 4 a.m. Sunday morning, I got up and I went up and picked up my driver's uh, passenger companion, I should say. Um, we named him Pod. It's the hockey goalie mask uh, that was uh, painted by my good friend Will Flores. Uh, from Designs by Will. If you ever need a hockey mask or really anything painted, the guy is unbelievable. Uh, by so the way, should, should Paul and I be uh, offended that you uh, you said to somebody that he's a little bit quieter, uh, and, and quieter co-host than, uh, than myself and Paul Hornstein? I didn't say co-host. I oh. said passenger. Passenger, okay. <laughs> so anyway. I was going to say, he, he wouldn't make for good uh, podcasting because he doesn't say much. 
Well, he did a great job of holding on to my bag of popcorn for 13 hours as I uh, drove all the way from Phoenix, Scottsdale, Cave Creek, whatever you want to call it, all the way into, not, not Denver. I went past Denver all the way to Fort Collins. Um, there was a reason for that, Stephen. Fort Collins, my hotel was six miles away from the uh, Budweiser Event Center, which is the home of the Colorado Eagles. Right, which, 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 you got to, which you got to see a nice AHL game. Oh, wait. No, that didn't take place. <laughs> yeah, and then I find out today it was a false positive that did it. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Really? You just love that, don't you, Scott? Uh, oh, man. I, I was so frustrated when you told me that, and then I got the official release at the same time. And uh, Anyway. Okay, so that that's how I spent my Sunday, and then Monday, 11 a.m., they give me the news the game has been postponed and I won't be at uh, the Colorado Eagles-Henderson-Silver Knights game, uh, of which the Henderson-Silver Knights are still the uh, best record for a new franchise in the AHL. Is that correct? That's what I understand, the best 10-game start. For uh, of course they've left. They've now played eleven games, but uh, they were not, they're now ten and ten and one to start the season, which uh, I guess is the best uh, start for a new American Hockey League team in in history. Okay, so so we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so Monday I spent the day prospecting and, and driving around and doing things. A little bit frustrated that I wasn't at the hockey game that night. Uh, Tuesday I made a trip over to. Uh, Colorado State University and went to see their beautiful facility. If you haven't seen the pictures I put up on Twitter, get there and look at it at Ice Time SW. That's awesome. That's <laughs> totally awesome. Uh, a two ice sheet surface, a pool inside, um, lots of seating. I mean, it's reminiscent seating wise to City National. Um, so it could seat about that many. And I'm going like, are you kidding me? This place is right here, and this program is not just thriving through the roof because what a facility. It's called the Epic Center. I joke that my co-host on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, would love the place because it's got two ice sheets and a pool. What more could you ask for, right? Yeah, I've, I've had the pleasure of being there uh, once when UNLV uh, took a trip a couple seasons ago to to Colorado. I was with them on that trip, and it and certainly had made my – um, movements in that building and it's it's a it's a it's a nice place it's uh you know seeing is at a good level where you can look down on the ice and and it's yeah as you mentioned it's got two two ice sheets and a in a, in a pool in there and you right it's called epic uh, a sound for eldora ice and pool center there in fort collins so it's it's not it's it was it was we had a little bit of a hard time finding it though the when the night we, yeah, we went to the, i bet the, you did uh, <laughs> and I, maybe you had similar experience because it's kind of it's kind of in a, it's in a, it's like in this neighborhood or something it's yeah kind of, it's, it's kind right of next to, to a park to, yeah right next park. to a park right right next to work I, I remember that about that night we were we had a little bit of a little bit of the bus driver had a little bit of a tricky time finding it but once we found it it was it was good we, we arrived safely and, and they, UNLV won that game that night so it was good well, it was really close to uh, my hotel, so it wasn't as bad. But I can see where that would be a problem because yeah, we uh, were coming from we were coming from Denver, and it was uh, you yeah, got to get up by twenty five and then make a left and a few yeah. more rights and <laughs> right, exactly. Plus, I think it was dark okay. at that time and stuff. So, anyways, so anyway, that was my uh, Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, um, which is today. Uh, I got up early, uh, and by the way, the weather's been great until this morning. This morning, apparently, it rained and snowed a little bit overnight, so I had a little bit of that to contend with in about 30 degrees as I drove down to Denver. Uh, got down here about 10 o'clock, was able to get in and watch the uh, 
Colorado Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes do their morning skate. Um, when that was completed, I drove about 35, 40 miles up the mountain to uh, Boulder. And I've been to Boulder before, but every time I go there, Stephen, I just can't um, I, I can't imagine the beauty of that place. I mean, that <laughs> Colorado University built right in the mountains in Boulder. Um, their parking garages, Stephen, look like buildings. Uh, I, when I pulled in there, I'm going like, this is a parking garage? It, it looked just like the rest of the buildings. And, and then I get to go down and take a look at the rec center uh, where they also play hockey and what a facility that is. Now, again, it's got a pool and it has got every kind of training device that you can think of all over the place. And I think with COVID, they've spread them out even more and put them out in the walk areas. But there are bikes and lifting machines and you name it. And then I get down to the arena. I'm going, well, this is another nice arena. It's got the glass windows on the one end. Um, It's uh, it's just fantastic. So my trip to Colorado to this point has been just fantastic. I got one more thing to tell you, um, but I'm going to let you comment on on the university or Colorado University. Yeah, another place I've been to that same trip. We they played the next couple of nights in Colorado. There, they usually do when they t- make that kind of a trip. And and I I was in, real impressed with that facility. Yeah, that was a, that's a really nice place there, uh, right there in the rec center. And it's nice that they have an ice surface right right in there, and it's right next to the football field. So as you're pulling into yeah. the into the rec center there, and and again it was snowing that, so the bus driver had a little bit of a so we had to kind of go around the bend and, and go up, and it was a the bus driver had to get pull in kind of a little bit but that that was quite a that was quite a challenge too but we that that was quite fun too but uh but yeah you see the football field right there and uh for the for the buffaloes there and, and, and that that football field is iconic i mean if you've seen that yeah. on tv or whatever i mean it's an iconic uh stadium the horseshoe bowl type um i guess it's not fully a horseshoe but the bowl type with the big colorado written around the inside it's really cool and uh it, so the weather was a little rough this morning but by the time I left Ball Arena after the morning skate, uh, the sun had come out. It was up to about 52, 56 degrees, something like that. And um, I went up there, and it was absolutely gorgeous. So kudos to both of our ACHA schools, the uh, Colorado State Rams and the uh, Colorado University Buffaloes, for uh, having great programs. And I, I just can't wait to follow them on a regular basis when we get back to quote-unquote normal. Okay, so I left Color- uh, Boulder after I had a quick lunch at Wendy's, uh, throw out that plug to Wendy's. If you guys want to be on board with us, we got room. Um, <laughs> they got Wendy's in Colorado too. <laughs> Certainly they do. Uh, so I drove down to uh, to Magnus Arena at Denver. I was just going to go there just for another look around. I've been there a few times. So I thought I'd just go there and see what happens. Well, last night we had the head coach or the assistant coach from Denver uh, University or University of Denver. Um Dallas Ferguson on and uh, we had a great show it was awesome he just told us all kinds of stuff Um, they're getting prepared to go up to Grand Forks North Dakota where I'm going also tomorrow morning uh, for the NCHC frozen face-off well I get down to Magnus Arena today thinking I'm just going to see an empty arena and whatever well as I pull in I pulled in exactly at the time that they were loading the buses to take off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for for either the airport or Grand Forks. I haven't determined yet if they were going just to the airport or if they were on their way to Grand Forks in the buses. But um, so, yeah, there, there's a, I got a snapshot of the uh, 
Denver Pioneers getting ready to go on their uh, their trek to North Dakota. So uh, I, I call it good reporting. What do you think? Yeah, you're doing the hard-hitting journalism there, going, <laughs> getting the exclusives there. But uh, that's good. It's You've been busy the last few days, uh, making your time worth your while there in, uh, in the good old Colorado area. You know, and when I added Colorado, I knew I was adding a lot, but no way did I realize how, how much I was adding. I mean, I haven't even talked about Air Force or Colorado College yet. Um, I, I went through there, obviously, on Sunday, but I haven't been down there again to, to do that. Um, and, you know, adding them along with the ACHA schools um, and the NCAA and, of course, the NHL and AHL, uh, wow, what a market. And this place is – Vegas is still the most hockey uh, crazy town I've ever been in or ever seen in my life. But uh, Denver's good. It's really good. Uh, they support everybody. Um, I'm really happy with it. So, uh it, so far, it's been a great trip. How about I put it that way? Yeah, so I mean, sounds like you had a good time, and yeah, De- Denver, Denver's a great place, and and certainly the areas around there that you've been to that have our teams, and specifically our ACHA teams. You know, it goes back to what I've said before about the teams that we have here in this area, the whole WCHL that is in the ACHA, but certainly the teams that we cover, and and just think about the different places that it is. You think between Salt Lake City, Utah, and, and that complex there, and of course City National Arena where UNLV plays, and and of course Arizona State, which is unique in its own regards with how, how it's set up there, and, and certainly Arizona's situation with with Tucson and and just the, the schools in Colorado and their setups there. It's it's every place is unique when you've traveled to these different places or where these different schools play, and it's it's what makes it great uh, when 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 you follow these teams and how how different and and unique each place is and and some places get more more attention than others in regards to their t- attendance by students or and and fans but but it makes it uh it makes it great and it makes it uh makes it tough to play on the road it's always uh tough for a team to go to any place and play because of how different each place is in regards to their their environment so that's what makes it great too Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to put a bow on this segment by uh, just saying that uh, in, what, 45 minutes or so, I'm going to be walking inside uh, Bell Arena again to watch an NHL game. And I quote, I stated it, I think, earlier today on, on one of my social media accounts that this is the first time in over a year that I will have been in an NHL arena to watch an NHL hockey game for real. Um, that's what COVID has done to us all. Uh, I know this time last year we were wondering if we were ever going to see it again. And uh, I'm here to tell you it's coming back. And and we'll get into that in just a minute on the other segment because I want to ask you some things about uh, what's going on in Vegas and attendance and things like that. So let's take a quick break. Well, let's come back. Quick, Scott, I want to yeah. add to that. You were talking about got? COVID. It's yeah. really interesting because I'm watching – I've got the uh, – you know we're, we're taping this show early, and so I've got the Golden Knights and the Minnesota game on. And I'm thinking what's interesting about that is about a year ago at this time, the the Golden Knights were in Minnesota. They were getting ready to play a game in St. Paul there. And then, of course, everything started to to shut down when the the sports world and and be on pause. And they, of course, didn't play that game in St. Paul. They came back to Vegas, obviously. Then everything shut down for months until we we got going again later in the summer. But uh, it just shows you – and you look at these people are starting to post a year ago this and this and just what – what things were like just before COVID was really starting to make its push and, and that we had to 
put things on pause. And, and you think about now a year later, we're trying to come back from that and things are starting to open up, whether, you know, that's safely or not, you know, whether it's, they should do that or not, that's to be debated, but things are starting to look better and everything. And yeah, as you talk, we're talking about attendance later and it just, it's, it's interesting to see how, 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 how this year has gone and, uh, and what, what we've learned and what we've, what we've seen in, in the last year. And it's just interesting that, you know, you watch, you see this Golden Knights Minnesota game on TV and you think a year ago about this time, they were in Minnesota, they were going to play and, and little did we know that they didn't play and, and that what would transpire over this next year. So, okay. Now you made me say one more thing <laughs> before we go to break. Um, what a surprise. Well, Originally, uh, when I saw the arenas, the NHL arenas and the AHL arenas um, with no fans, it was a bit surreal. Um, and, and I want the fans there as much as anybody, so don't don't take this the wrong way. But when I got into Bell Arena today and got settled into my spot, they had like a six-foot table for me to stay, uh, my own table, <laughs> in, the, in the handicapped seating area in Section 140. And then the next person was over uh, three feet and then their six-foot table. And I thought, man, this would be great if it stayed like this. Now, obviously, we know that's not going to ever happen. But the other thing, Stephen, was the surrealness, if that's a word, um, kind of disappeared for me. I mean, I came in and I saw the way they'd set up the arena here with uh, the tarps and everything like they have at City National and everywhere else. And I was going like, oh, that's normal. And for me to say that's normal now, gosh, I hope not. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's well, let come me, back. Let me, yeah. let, me add, <laughs> <laughs> let me add to that because it, what's interesting too about this last year is, as you're right, it was so weird to see empty arenas. But now, and it's, it's, it's hard to say this, and, and hopefully we can turn our minds back to how it was, but now when we're seeing people in – stands again and we're going to talk about attendance minute, but when we see people in the stands again that's almost strange now after a year yeah, of, of that's what i'm saying it's strange to see empty starting to see people in the stands starting to see uh you know there's talk of in baseball of certain uh, states where they're going to do a full stadium right now i can't imagine a full stadium i mean it just seems so unreal but you know that's how it's been all the way up until just last year so yeah it's it's we, we our minds get used to a certain way of things and the last year we've we've seen empty arenas and we've seen just you know everything set up and now that you're starting to see people go into stands again in, in, in these different places that's almost just as strange as when we initially saw go to empty arenas so absolutely okay let's take that break let's come back and uh, let's talk some more hockey um I, I want to talk when we come right back Stephen, about the uh, ACHA national tournament uh the announcement that came out this week. Uh, I think it was this week or the end of the last week um, about the format and all of that. So get yourself prepared to do that. And uh, also find me the rankings if you could. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about all that when we come back in about three minutes. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2000 seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. 
Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, and head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints Hockey Program. Scott Strandy, not in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, but just outside of the Ball Arena, downtown Denver, where the sun is still shining, just getting ready to go uh, down behind the mountains, I guess. But Beautiful day again in Colorado, and I can't thank people enough for the hospitality that they've shown us uh, while we've been here. Well, I've been here. I, I guess I say we because Pod did make the trip with me. So, um, but we've all we've all been shown some hospitality from the Colorado folks. So, thank you so much. We will definitely be back and back and back again. Um, Stephen Marsh still with me up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's a little breezy out here today. But Stephen, that's nothing compared to what they're predicting in Colorado. Let me tell you this. On the, the big highway signs, they and, and today is Wednesday, right? The, the big highway signs uh, have a, a, a flashing signs on there that say, or notices on there that say, prepare for a major winter storm. And on the news, they are talking about feet of snow, Friday into Sunday. I'm talking feet. One, one station said this could be the record breaker ever in the month of March for Colorado. So what do you think about that? 
Well, you better get out of there before you get stuck in that. And here, the top story on the newscast, I think, is it's going to be windy today with 50s. And, you know, when it gets windy here, it's a big story here, but nothing compared to what the news is there sharing about the feats of snow. But, yeah, you, you, just, you just get all this good luck. You're coming your way. You, you get there. The game kit gets postponed. You get, you bring all, you know, you're gonna have the speed of snow. Hopefully, you get out of there in time. And and yeah, it's just, uh, you just bring all the good luck with you. Of course, and you you think that I'm gonna beat the the snow by maybe heading south, right? No, I'm going another 850 yeah. some miles north to Grand Forks. But here's the ironic part about it: by all forecasts right now, it looks like Grand Forks might be spared everything. Just the cold weather in Grand Forks. But. Well, just wait. Just wait till you get there. Just <laughs> yeah. wait till you get there. <laughs> uh, it was classic because when when people found out that I was in Colorado this week, I got a text message from Chad Bailey, who we had on the show from the Sheridan uh, Hawks Junior Team, and he goes, "Hey, you're in Fort Collins. You're only five mile or five hours away." Um, how about you come and watch us this weekend? We got two home games. I'm going like, yeah, well, that's five hours, first of all. And second of all is I've got commitments already in, in Grand Forks. But, um, yeah, we, we've got a following now all over, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's big time. I mean, look, you're doing the show again from your car in a parking lot at the arena for the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. We did a show a few weeks ago from the car at the Orleans Arena. So it's big time when we're doing shows like that. It's big time. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight's game because return Nathan McKinnon uh, for the Avalanche, and uh, I believe uh, Hunter Miska might be in goal. I can't quote that yet, but he might be. Uh, if not, yeah, that, I think he's the backup tonight. So that would yeah, be, that a, throw be a good for me. game. I mean, the 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 game the, the the last game. I was I just saw something about uh, they used two different goalies I think or they had or something yeah. happened and they they got, they saved more shots than the Coyotes have and somehow the Coyotes still ended up winning the game so yeah, let, let, let me tell you that one and okay. that was just put out I knew by you'd have more on this yeah. I knew you had more on this by Coyotes PR today um, they started Darcy Kemper and he had like 17 saves and then uh, they he was injured and they replaced him with Auntie Ranta and I think he had 15 or 16 saves and um, so both of them had more saves than the entire um, Coyotes team had shots. They only had 14 shots total for the game. And they won the game three to two. And watching practice or the morning skate today, um, every I believe every Colorado Avalanche player was on the ice. And they were doing power play drills. And, and, and you know, I mean, they were going full bore. And then when their practice was over, the Coyotes came out. And I think I counted uh, 10 Coyotes players, including two goaltenders and four coaches. <laughs> so it's two different perspectives. The Avalanche pouring it all on. The Coyotes are just kind of resting up and hoping that that works. So in about two hours, I'll be able to tell you how that all worked out for both teams when they get on the ice and start playing for real. But Okay, so I promised after the break we'd talk uh, AHL National Tournament. Uh, you got the lowdown on that, and then I think you also have the lowdown for us on the uh, current rankings. So fire away on the tournament first. Sure. We, we know we reported on this show a few weeks ago that the spots for the ACHA tournament are going to be in different locations depending on the division and the women and the men's side. Uh, we'll talk more about the men's division one, but we could talk about the other ones too. Uh, they have unveiled the logos of the, of the, of the tournament. So you see how those are going to look. And we know a little bit more about 
what the format is going to be. Uh, so if we'll talk about the, the, the men's division one first, uh, we already know, of course, it's going to be held at Maryville University, our presenting partner for this show. And it's going to be held at the Maryville University Hockey Center there. And, and from April 16th to the 20th, uh, we speculated how many teams it was saying, it was saying 20 in the releases for the rankings, but now it says it's going to be 16 teams. They're going to participate in a single elimination event. Uh, 10 of the 16 spots are guaranteed to nine conferences within Division One and one independent team. Uh, the remaining at-large spots will be determined by the final computer rankings after games played on March 28th. Uh, four games will be played on each of the first three days of the event, followed by uh, the Monday evening semifinal games and the national championship game on Tuesday, April 20th. Uh, Bismarck and Mandan, North Dakota, are going to host the Division II championships on the same between the same time frame. Uh, Sixteen teams there in that in that tournament. Uh, they'll do a pool play first, and then they'll have uh, they'll have the championships uh, there. But uh, Division Three also going to be taking place in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and then the Division One Women's uh, is going to be held in Minot, North Dakota, from April 15th to the 20th. Uh, so six women's teams will descend upon the Magic City, and they will start play at Mesa Arena in two pools of three teams each, and then the top two teams in each pool will meet in a crossover semifinal game on Monday, April 19th, followed by the winners tangling the national championship game on Tuesday. So that's the look. Ah, at the you got that all covered. Who, who do we have uh, holding down the rankings right now in the ACHA D1 and uh, men and women? Well, the Lindenwood is still the number one team in the men's Division One rankings. Going to knock me over with a feather on that one. <laughs> We're up to 25 teams now that have been able to get games in so far during this uh, pandemic. Uh, as some teams have just now started playing, even though we're in late February, early March, there are some teams that are just coming into the fold and, and playing. Um, so 72 teams normally in the division one, only 25 teams have played at least uh, one game this season. Um, so the rankings I have are just the top 10. So we look at that. It's uh, it's uh, Lindenwood at number one, Adrian's number two, Liberty, number three, Minot state, number four, Iowa state, number five. All those have, have stayed the same from the previous week. Uh, here's a good one here, and this is a here we go. This is uh, John Hogan and Maryville University should be very proud of themselves here. Maryville has jumped to number six in the rankings, up from number eleven the last week. So congrats to them at nine and five. Then Indiana Tech at number seven, Ohio at number eight, Jamestown moved up from thirteen to nine, and then Lawrence Tech at ten. So that's the top ten there. So the big story out of that is that Maryville has jumped to number six in the rankings uh, from number 11 previously. So congrats to them. And that is a big story, but not shocking to me because uh, knowing John Hogan the way I do, I knew this was going to be a fast ascent upward. Um, Very similar to what Greg Powers did with Arizona State. Uh, They're the same kind of mindsets. It's like uh, they just don't – I don't know if they don't understand it or they just don't let themselves – uh, fall trapped to it or whatever, but um, they they just don't lose. They don't believe they should lose, and that's the way John is too, and, and Coach Powers is that way and got his team to an NCAA tournament bit a few years ago when everybody thought that wasn't even remotely possible. Uh, and the same thing with John's program. He recruits hard. He does it the right way. Um, he stays relevant, as I've been talking about, all summer long, all year long. Um 
He keeps his program out there. They do all kinds of good stuff. People want to go there and play. It's a fantastic facility just outside of St. Louis. Um, You know, I mean, it's a great place to go get your education, play hockey. So that doesn't surprise me a bit. Um, But it is a a nice feather in his cap to to move up the ranks. And, of course, he's just, uh, what, 10, 15 miles from Lindenwood. So um, he wants to continue to match them at least or compete with them. Um, in his program. So, yeah, congratulations well, to John Hogan and the Saints. Yeah, and here's how they did that. Uh, I have the they, they their last two games, they played in Missouri State and beat them both times. So Missouri State was the number seven team, and they swept them uh, at Maryville there last weekend. Uh, they took the opening game over the Bears 4-3 to three and then completed the sweep on them Saturday 5-3. to three. So that was a big part of why they were probably able to make that big jump when you beat a team like Missouri State two times like that at home and – it's a it's a great uh, great night for them. So uh, we could talk about their, some of their players in the, that game. Uh, Dominic Bitboli was good. Johnny Masur recorded a time and timely saves to share the team victory. They they both played in that game. Uh, Jens Julison, Jack Harrison, Anthony Starvru, and Brad Bordreau each scored a goal in that uh, in that game on Friday. And then Saturday they got off to a three nothing lead midway through the second period, and then. Uh, of course, the Ice Bears, Missouri State, came back to tie it at three with 10 minutes left in the third. But then four minutes left, uh, Harrison uh, scored uh, on the man advantage with four minutes left uh, to get the game-winning goal there. So congrats to them. Uh, they have two more games left this uh, regular season. They're gonna This regular season finale will take place on March 20th and the 21st versus the McKendree Bearcats at Maryville. So, so there's there's that. There and then I want to mention real quick the women's side of things. I have their rankings here, I think, too. And uh, uh, number one in the women's ranking is Liberty. Uh, number two, Lindenwood. Number three, Minot State. Number four, Adrian. Number five, Midland. Number six, McKendry. Number seven, Aquinas. Number eight, Maryville. Uh, number nine is Concordia, and number ten, Davenport. I do want to mention that Maryville on the women's side, though. They are not eligible for the postseason play this year, as it is a probationary year for them. So the, they won't be in postseason. But they are they are number eight in the uh, rankings. So that's on the women's side of the Division One. That was a, a mouthful, and you did it very well. So thank you very much for keeping us up to date. Uh, I want to touch a little bit about the ACHA teams uh, in our area just to uh, make sure that they do what I say is important, staying relevant. We talked with Danny Roy a couple of weeks ago about uh, keeping his program out front, and he laid out the game plan for them. He, he knows exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, we've talked to Coach Berman. He knows exactly what he wants to do uh, with his program. Uh, Arizona State uh, is now opening, or I should say uh, Oceanside Ice Arena is opening up their college elite hockey league again uh, for the spring. So they're going to have players getting the opportunity to get out there and get some ice time. So everybody doing a really good job. And, of course, UNLV has been doing everything because they've been over at the yard. They've been doing uh, sales with uh, equipment and jerseys and uh, giveaways. And uh, so I, I think our teams are getting it, right? And and I don't want to leave out Utah because I know they're doing everything they can to stay relevant as well. And, um, you know, that's what you have to do. Now, we, we talked earlier in the show about it being about a year since this pandemic hit. Um, next fall, I think we're in pretty good shape to have fans and to play a regular season. I think you're right. I, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, we, we talked a lot during the last year leading up to what we were hoping was going to be a, 
a season for these teams uh, last year or this season, the arms race. And it seems like maybe that's starting to begin now because uh, Arizona, University of Arizona, just added a player uh, this last week or so in Brody Selman. So he's uh, he's a forward that they've brought on uh, as a as a, somebody that they are high on and hope to contribute a lot to the University of Arizona Wildcats. He's a 5'9", 180-pound, comes from Manwa, New Jersey. Uh, he was at the uh, ProTech Junior Ducks, an expansion franchise there in the Eastern Hockey League. He currently leads his team with 38 points. And uh, this is what Chad Berman said of Brody. He says, we are extremely excited about the addition of Brody. He has all the character ingredients you want to add to a winning culture. He says, in fact, in my 12 years of coaching, he had the best reference calls I ever received. Whether you talk to his coaches, former players, or read an article about Brody, they all start with the same theme. He is a really great person. I am sure his parents are really proud, and we will have him to represent our university and hockey program. And then he goes on to say, once it was obvious that Brody represented the qualities we demand of our culture, it was really fun to dive into the details of his game. The thing that really stands out with Brody is that he does so many little things right. His speed and hockey IQ will fit in perfectly with our quick transition game. Beyond that, we are getting a fierce competitor, a natural leader, and someone who wants to be a part of something bigger than himself, which is a really important quality for our identity as an organization. There's some other things too, but then he he finishes with saying, we couldn't be more excited to add Brody to our group. More on him on the Arizona Wildcats hockey website, but but yeah, this is great. So I think we're going to start to see that. The point of getting here is that we're going to start seeing these teams trying to add on. If, if there are still some needs, because you're going to have some players that are going to be leaving some of these schools that unfortunately didn't get to play their final year, but they're going to be moving on, and so they're going to need some rooms. And obviously the recruiting that took place last spring and summer will probably roll over into this year, but there might still be some always looking to see who they can bring in. So I, I would expect to see continue to see some of that uh, this year now as we're now going to have two, two, two years almost essentially to build up a roster for this upcoming season. So as, as you were saying, yeah, I think it's going to be, I would expect this next season in the fall, again, with, with hopefully everything normal, normalized as best we can, have fans in the stands and we can get these games happening. It should be a really competitive, good season ahead, which is what we said last, this year, <laughs> last year, but, but this year too, we really should be, even double that, the expectations should be really good too for the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, totally agree with you. And uh, a couple of things I want to add on to that, if I can, is a lot of the teams are preparing already for tryouts. Uh, they or not not necessarily tryouts, but like camps, uh, spring camps, summer camps, where, where they can give a good look at people and uh, players that maybe they're not sure of, um, and, and maybe just find that diamond in the rough. So that's coming up. Almost every team has got that going on. Um, and then in addition to that, Stephen, uh, Paul and I have been talking on the, on the NCAA shows about uh, the craziness that's going to ensue this summer because here's what's happening. The NCAA, like the ACHA, has granted an extra year of eligibility. Okay, so if you're an uh, incoming player that thought you were going to be going to your college team this year, they might not have that spot until next year. Um, for example, Arizona State, I believe, has five players coming back. And they only lost two. Um, so if you had guys coming in and that were going to take those five spots, and now those five are still in the lineup, um, what do you do if you're one of those guys? Do you do you work towards uh, 
maybe staying in juniors if you can, or if you don't have that time, do you go play for an ACHA team? Is that really unrealistic? I don't know if it is or isn't. So um, I think it's going to be not only a crazy summer for for NCAA hockey players, but ACHA too, because some guys might just fall into the laps of ACHA programs, if not for a year, um, to get a place to play competitive hockey. So I think we definitely have to keep our eye on that. Yeah, I'm sure some of the ACHA coaches and staff might be salivating at that thought of maybe being able to get some players like that that would, in normal senses, certainly find a spot on an NCAA roster. But because you're right, because of the backlog of of eligibility and and, and getting another year there, and and a lot of players didn't get to play or or did get to play, but they're going to get another year to play, and therefore there's not as many spots in the onset. And they want to continue to keep fresh. Yeah, they might eventually they might find themselves on a ACHA roster. It, it kind of reminds me of the NHL lockout season where, you know, we didn't have the NHL season for a good part. And I remember, you know, because watching the the ECHL team here in Vegas, and I remember having a lot. You would see a lot of the NHL caliber players on these lower leagues, the American Hockey League or the ECHL, because uh, they wanted to to stay, be able to continue to play, even though the NHL was was trying to work things out at the top level there with. with getting a season going so uh it's going to be kind of similar aspect where you might see some of these ncaa certainly ncaa level caliber players make a maybe spend a year or two on an acha roster it's a possibility i'm not not saying it's going to happen in every instance but it's certainly another option maybe that that they'll be that'll be there so that we'll have to continue to follow that too as it as it goes along yeah, totally agree with you on all of that. Um, the other thing I want to shout out is uh, uh, UNLV had a player, and before people say, yeah, it doesn't happen that way. ACHA players don't go to the NCAA or don't go to the professional ranks. Yes, they do. Elijah Briarga, um, you remember uh, EZ uh, from back in the day, a few three years ago now, I guess, when he played for UNLV and then earned his way and earned a scholarship to AIC. And uh, AIC is having a fantastic season in the NCAA, and Elijah is uh, producing <laughs> big time. He's a big part of that roster. So congratulations to uh, to Elijah Bar- Biarga, I think is how you pronounce it. I, I can't uh, – you know me and names, right? <laughs> but yeah, they, I, just, I just call him easy. Cause easy. That's what, yeah. Easy peasy, exactly. Easy <laughs> Elijah Bariga. yeah, it's uh... – there you go, but uh, yeah, that's exactly right. He's he's up there. I, they have a, a they have a real good chance of getting into the uh, NCAA. Well, they'll be in the NCAA tournament, I believe. They're a lock, but they have a real good chance to get to the Frozen Four. So uh, keep your eyes on AIC and what he can do with them. Um, and then, of course, Cody Williams made the jump to the uh, the professional ranks as well. So um, it can happen. You know, we saw the goaltender Bronson Moore from uh, ASU jump yeah. up and get an opportunity to play NCAA hockey this year. That that one had to take a lot to to to, to happen there, but 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 hey, I mean it, it happened and that's the that's the important thing and I think that's an important note to to say too is why why is ACHA hockey so important? Oh, it's a club, it's a club hockey, you know, it's 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 not the NCAA level, but it's it can it can lead to opportunities at that level and it doesn't always and for a lot of times it, it doesn't some of it's mostly you just play while you're in college and and then you move on but it's an opportunity to play but but there's there's it's why it's very important because there's there's opportunities there could be opportunities to be played and that's why it's 
it's important to have the games out there and these different for teams and how they get these games out on, on the internet during a season is important because uh, people can watch in addition to just family members. Uh, you might have, you might be able to say, Oh, look, I've, I've got a game going on here. You can watch it here and here. And maybe you have some, some eyes looking at you playing and, and right in, in Elijah Barriga's case, he, he got an opportunity to, to, to get an NCAA scholarship and play at that level. And, and Cody Williams got an opportunity to play overseas and professionally. So there are instances where it does work out. I'm sure there's other cases too, where, where it's happened. And so that's what makes the ACHA great. In fact, it's important to note too, this is the ACHA's 30th season. So they've been around for 30 years now. So that just goes to show you the longevity of this league and, and, and how important it is to the, the culture of hockey here in, uh, in, in North America. So, uh, and, and it gives an option for more option for people to play at, in college that won't get an opportunity right away or even at all to play at the NCAA level, or even in some cases they prefer that over lower level NCAA type hockey as we've talked about before uh, with players that just, they want to come play at the ACHA level instead of at an NCAA division three or two level. So it's uh, just shows you how valuable and how great the skill level of this league is. And it's only getting better, my friend. Let's take one more quick break and then let's come back and wrap things up by talking attendance because uh, places are starting to allow people into big events in Las Vegas included. So, after this break, we'll come back and talk about how important it is to uh, start bringing people back in to watch these games live. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Looking for a big school hockey college experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University is for you. The men's team starts their third season of competition as the program adds an ACHA D2 men's team and a new ACHA women's D1 team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home, giving any player a varsity-level feel. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints will enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men battle against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. Located in the St. Louis suburbs, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country, offering both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, 
then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints Hockey Program, the home of the ACHA National Tournament in 2021, just about a, a little over a month away from now. Scott Strandy, not in Scottsdale, Arizona, as I mentioned before, outside the ball arena where the sun is starting to set here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. And uh, within minutes, I will be inside that beautiful arena getting ready to watch an NHL hockey game for the first time in over a year. Wow, I can't believe I said that. Uh, Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada, as always. Stephen, how are you? Well, doing well, doing well still. Uh, I just had to check in on you, see if you're still there. Still here. <laughs> still here. I am not getting okay. ready to go into an NHL arena, but I will be uh, be eating some dinner after this and watching the rest of the NHL Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild game on my TV. So. You got an update on that one yet or no? Well, it's 1-1 after uh, after the first period. Uh, Dylan Coughlin getting his first uh, NHL goal. Uh, Minnesota scored pretty early on, about 19 seconds in, and then Dylan Coughlin uh, got a goal a few minutes later to tie the game up. Uh, Mark Stone back in the lineup, and also Braden McNabb is back in the lineup for the Golden Knights after missing a bunch of games. And uh, Petrangelo still out, though. He's being evaluated back here in Las Vegas. And Robin, well, Robin Leonard is. Yeah, that's where I was going. I want to talk about attendance, but do your attendance stuff first. So uh, big news in Vegas. Uh, I saw stuff online today. People are saying, like, the price of tickets for AHL hockey is is going crazy. People are starved to get out and see that uh, Silver Knights team or maybe the town crier or maybe they just want to hear me be the town crier. Yeah, I think it's that third one. Yeah, I think that's the reason they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna go. They're gonna look up to one hundred and seven, and they're gonna they're gonna listen to your impression of the of the town crier. But uh, no, but yeah, the Silver Knights uh, have been approved as well to to have a fifteen percent capacity at the beginning of their uh, for their games, um, which will be about I see sixteen seventeen hundred people at the Orleans Arena, which holds about seventy eight hundred for hockey, and and tickets did go on sale today and. I didn't really look at the prices, but just seeing some of the people on on social media talking about it, I guess the the lowest they're finding is about sixty some dollars. So uh, it's it's pretty high. Yes, it is pretty high for American Hockey League, which we kind of expected. It would, which, since there's only going to be so few seats, that the demand was going to be warranted, and and probably why the prices were still going to be a little bit high. But you know, if you look at it comparative to the NHL club, the Golden Knights, I think the lowest th- their tickets were running for their first couple of games was like $120 or so. So it's still less than that. So um, if you can get your hands on a ticket for the Silver Knights, do it. Um, uh, I, I, I expect that, that there's just, there might not even be any tickets left. It might have already been sold out for the first game. But, you know, there'll be some games coming up. So uh, get out there and see some games. But they talked about the in their media availability day, the Silver Knights coaches and Manny Viveros and a couple of players were asked about you know, knowing that there's going to be fans in there and there's a real excitement from them to have that opportunity to, to play in front of the home fans for the first time in uh, their history. So it should be, it should be great. I mean, the games have already been a 
good environment as as you can have with a no no fans. But now you add there'll be fifteen percent in there at the onset, and hopefully as the time goes on, if the, everything stays on the right path with the virus being contained and stuff, then they'll allow more fans to come in and maybe we can get to a place where it's 25 or maybe even 50% by the, towards the end of the regular season, then it should be a great, uh, that's still about three, 4,000 fans in there at the Orleans. And that'll be a great, great, the way that arena is built and the intimacy of the seats, that'll be a good, uh, that'll be, a, that'll really up the uh, level of intensity for, for the games in, in, in that level. So uh, it's great. And of course the golden Knights have been doing it for the first couple of games they've had at 2,605 fans and, and, and it, from what reports from there is, it, it really makes a difference. It's it's interesting because we go from we went from eighteen thousand to nothing, and now twenty six hundred. And it's amazing how twenty six hundred fans sounds really loud and, and intense, and and that the players it really seemed to help them in those two games though against Minnesota, at least that that one game because they were down, and then the third period they pushed, they struggled, and then they had pushed and pushed, and then the crowd was getting into the game and. They tied it up, and you could just see Mark Stone and how excited he was, and the players were, you know, with feeding off the energy of the of the fans in that game. So, uh, and to propel them to that that overtime win. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. It's a, it's a good sign that we're on the right path. If people can continue to be to be smart and 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 do what we need to do, then we can continue to get to more normalcy and and have more more fans enjoy. Joy thinks California is starting to open up. You know, with baseball season and not being outside, they're gonna the, the things are looking good there. So they're gonna have a lot of lot of fans. They're gonna be able to have fans of baseball there starting soon. And and in Texas, they're they're looking at being fully open. So well, we'll see how that plays out. But every but we're on the right path. And if we can continue to be smart about everything, then we can continue to see more more fans enjoying sports in person again, which is what we're all itching to do as as fans of these of these sports so yeah totally agree with you and of course the uh, arizona coyotes have been having 2500 fans or so from the very start of the season which was unusual but they've done a very good job of that um i don't know when denver is going to have uh or colorado i should say is going to have some back but i did hear that the state of colorado has approved twenty one thousand for the rockies game starting opening day and then increasing from there so that's about 42% capacity or something like that of, uh, of Coors Field. So that'll yeah. be uh, an interesting thing. And it's, I think it's going to start coming back piece by piece. Um, you have something you were going to add to that? Well, I was just going to say, I think it's maybe there's it's easier to to do it in an outdoor setting. Uh, if, if, if you're looking at a, a baseball field, it's outside. It's, uh, you know, you can spread out a little bit. And certainly you could do that inside too, but, you know, Maybe there's still some hesitation in some of these places to to have a lot of people in a in an indoor setting, but like for something like a baseball stadium outside, it maybe they they're a little bit uh, they've looked at the science there and saying there's maybe a lower risk there, so they they feel more comfortable with with going that route. But um, it's it's certainly uh, on the right on the right path there because baseball LA is gonna be the same thing. They're gonna allow allow fans at the Dodgers and the Angel games and other teams in California as long as the numbers stay good there. But you wonder what that means for, for the, the California teams of hockey in there. Are they going to have to still play with no fans because it's still indoors and, and they're not and they're not sure about that yet and, and the risk there. So uh, we don't know. But, um, but yeah, this, we, we could take everything we can, we can get at this point. And 
Uh, I think the Tucson Roadrunners are going to start allowing some fans. Yep, their I was games. just going to go there with that. Okay, well, <laughs> so you have more on that, but yeah, so it's 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 a good sign. So yeah, they're they're going to start having fans, and it'll be a limited number again, but uh, uh, some is better than none, at least to start with. And um, you know, when you talk to the players, you find out that they they like having fans. They'll they'll go. They're professionals. They're going to play either way, but they like having some fan support as well. So. I think that's important, especially down the stretch run, and it's going to be really important, I think, down the uh, playoff run. So um, I just want to – we just have a few more minutes left, but I just kind of want to touch on the uh, the AHL teams because we uh, don't get a lot of chance to talk about them. And um, as we know, there was a positive COVID test, we thought, Monday night here within the, the Henderson Silver Knights, so they canceled the game as a – postponed the game as a precaution. Um but it's turned out to be a false negative, so that's a good thing. Um, the other thing is that there's so many people that have either had COVID and gotten over it or have been vaccinated now. I think that's really starting to turn the corner. Uh, they're still saying don't don't quit wearing masks and don't that type of thing, but I think we're starting to turn the corner, and I think that's a positive. So kudos to uh, to hockey once again for doing the right thing. Um, I'm going to wrap things up, Stephen, by uh, – by just thanking everybody here in Colorado. It's been an excellent trip. Uh, four great podcasts. Uh, obviously disappointed I missed the AHL game, but being able to see the NHL game, and more importantly, meeting the contacts, making the contacts with several people here has been just so much fun. A shout-out to the uh, the AHL uh, Colorado Eagles and their media staff, um, Kevin McGlue for, for uh, just being fantastic with me on everything that I've asked. He's accommodated. Um, and the same thing with Danielle Bernstein here with the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche. She's done everything I've asked as well. And, you know, when you get that kind of support, uh, it makes a, our job a lot easier. So Colorado, we will be back again, again, and again. So uh, we look forward to it. Stephen, you got any closing comments before you take it away for us? No, I just want to second your thoughts there. Thanks to to Colorado and taking good care of us and and Scott there because he 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 needs to he needs to be well taken care of when he goes to these places and and thankfully uh thankfully it sounds like they they did that so good job to to them and uh, it's great to have Colorado's uh, on board and and these different teams and again the hockey is 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 great there and it's a great it's a great city and. And or great state as Denver, Fort Collins, Boulder, all the cities that have these different teams in them, and and I look forward to hoping being there with you at some point in Denver and uh, being there myself, and we can do a full when everything's more normal and travel is not a really a concern, we can go to some of these different places to to watch these teams play and to really fully cover these teams from 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 the road and and be there and and to help uh, bring more more. Uh, on the road content uh, as we go along here in the in the post pandemic uh, period, we hope is is you're right. Hopefully, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and as more people get vaccinated and the numbers stay low and the positivity rates stay lower, then that we can. Uh, I saw the CDC said that un- people that have been vaccinated can get together in small groups unmasked, and and it, like that's like a normal sense. So that's a great sign that that as more people can can get in that position, then we will be able to to be back to how things were before. So let's just keep keep pushing forward. Totally agree with you. Couldn't have said it better myself. Take it away, my friend. Wrap it up. I've got a hockey game to go to.
Yeah, I guess we should end things, huh? So you can go in there for that game. Uh, Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for Business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. Buy Summer Skates. Doesn't matter what season. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona. Buy M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And buy Behind the Mask. In the net, up the ice, or in line. Serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey as a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. You sure you don't want to go on for another 20 minutes? <laughs> no, I don't, Paul. I mean, Stephen. <laughs> oh, okay, I guess we'll let you go inside so you can see the Arizona. Yeah, Colorado Arizona game. Coyotes, Colorado Avalanche coming up. Thanks for joining us tonight. Of course, uh, people that listen to the, the podcast after the fact, it won't even matter to them because no. the game will have already passed. But those, you uh, know, for, for people that a little inside baseball, we're recording this show at uh, 4 o'clock Pacific time, 5 o'clock Mountain time. Because uh, you're going to the game in in, in few, just a few minutes, you'll be walking in there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we'll say good night on that. I'll tell you that next week is uh, NCHC week. Uh, we'll be doing the show from Grand Forks, North Dakota. So Sunday through Wednesday, uh, actually Sunday through Tuesday, uh, and then Wednesday I'll be down at uh, my uh, daughter's house in Lake Elmo, Minnesota. So you and I will be doing the show from you in Las Vegas, me in Lake Elmo. Um, a lot of great guests coming on. I know we got Eddie Christian coming on from the uh, famed Christian family uh, coming on on uh, Sunday. We got uh, Mike Peluso, the former NHLer and UMD star from Bismarck, North Dakota, coming on Monday. And then Tuesday, we'll have a very special guest uh, from the NCHC uh, tournament as well. So stay tuned to us, folks. If you can't listen to us live, you can always download it anywhere. Just search ITHSW podcast. Make sure it is all one word for the easiest way to find us. And Stephen and I will be back next Wednesday. So good night, everybody. Have a good night and be safe. Take care, everybody.